The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. And in the last days, neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 110 of the Book of Mormon podcast. As always, you have Kevin and Shelby here with you. Say hey, Kev. Hey there. So they know you're here. (laughs) And we are uh, in chapter 20 of Alma, but before we begin, we just want to give a full disclosure that you may hear a knock at the door, and that's the missionaries because they're coming over to bring us a copy of the Book of Mormon for one of our listeners who requested to have one. So we will be getting that to you in the mail tomorrow, and you know who you are. (laughs) Um, So anyway, just wanted to let y'all know if you hear a knock, that's what it is. But other than that, we're going to dive into Alma chapter 20 right now. And and that was them. So that was real good timing on their part. We hadn't even dived in yet. So here we go. That's right. So Kevin, go ahead and let's dive in. Absolutely. So we're here in chapter 20 and we've just read the account of King Lamoni's conversion. And, you know, I'm not going to say that every convert faces some adversity. Um, it, it, I guess it's it's a matter of when, like, it was adversity faced during the teaching process, like during the missionary lessons? Was there adversity before the missionaries even showed up that was kind of like preparing them? Or was the adversity following the baptism and, and so on? So, the reason that I bring it up is that King Lamoni, he faced, you know, not, not a whole bunch of adversity during the teaching process. Of course, he had to repent of his sins. I don't know if we want to count that as adversity as mm-hmm. much as just like the spirit was really working on him. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to see um, that adversity comes afterward, but it's still a trial of his faith. Um, so anyway, (laughs) the Lord now sends Ammon to Madoni. Okay. But at first, well, let's, let's scroll. Let's go back. Verse one in this chapter, it says it came to pass that when they had established a church in that land, meaning the land of Ishmael, the King Lamoni desired that Ammon should go with him to the land of Nephi, that he might show him unto his father. I wanted to um, reference back to chapter 6 in the book of Alma. And this was when Alma had gone about and taught the people in Zarahemla and corrected some of the issues that they had and established the church there in the city of Zarahemla. 
Um, among other things, he ordained priests and elders by laying on his hands, according to the order of God, to preside and watch over the church. Um, it also came to pass that whosoever did not belong to the church who repented of their sins were baptized unto repentance and were received into the church. Um, those who maybe were not ready to repent were not received baptized. into the church. They weren't <laughs> baptized, right? Mm -hmm. And it says, thus they began to establish the order of the church in the city of Zarahemla. In verse 5, now I would that ye should understand that the word of God was liberal unto all, that none were deprived of the privilege of assembling themselves together to hear the word of God. Nevertheless, the children of God were commanded that they should gather themselves together oft and join in fasting and mighty prayer in behalf of the welfare of the souls of those who knew not God. So there's two things that I want to point out there. First, we can assume that the same thing happened here in the land of Ishmael. Priests and elders were ordained. Uh, people were baptized into repentance, received into the church. There were probably some who did not. But actually, I believe we... We, we saw in the last chapter that... In chapter 19? Yeah, in verse 35, it says, And it came to pass that there were many that did believe in the words, or in their words, and as many did believe were baptized, and they became righteous people, and they did establish a church among them. So I was about to say, I remember that maybe there were, that no one didn't decide to go and get baptized, but... I don't know if we can say that. Um, and then the second thing that I wanted to talk about was that in that last verse that I read from chapter six, it talked about them gathering together and praying for those who knew not God. What does King Lamoni desire for Ammon, for him to take Ammon and go and show him to his father? who obviously does not know God because that's where King Lamoni got all of his false traditions from. Right. So this is a little bit of like convert deciding to, Hey, I, this has really blessed my life. I want to take you and show you or have you teach the gospel to my family members. It reminds me of a quote by Joseph Smith. I think he said, mm. um, you can measure a man's conversion by his willingness to share the gospel. Right. Uh, because when you know it's true, like King Lamoni has come to understand, he, like Kevin said, wants to share it with his father because where'd he learn it from? His father, right? So we see, I want to preface this before we keep going. We're going to see a lot of, we said this last week, we're going to see a lot of like divine design in here of like people and places and things. And we're going to see a lot of desires um, being answered. We've already seen a lot of Alma's desires being answered, right? Or Ammon's desires being answered. Um, but we're going to see, we're just going to see, just pay attention. That's all. <laughs> anyway, I, I have a testimony of desires. That's all. <laughs> so I get passionate about it. But anyway, so that's verse one. Anything else from verse one? No. Okay. Um, so verse two, it obviously I'm just going to read it. It says, The voice of the Lord came to Ammon, saying, Thou shalt not go up to the land of Nephi, which was King Lamoni's desire to go up there, right? 
Um, so he's like, don't go up there for behold, the king will seek thy life, but thou shalt go to the land of Midoni for behold thy brother Aaron and also Mulekai, I think is how you say it. And Amma are in prison. So he says, don't go there yet or just don't go there. And you're going to go to Madonai and you're going to go get Aaron, Mulekai, and Amma who are in prison. So that's what they do. <laughs> um, so, well, a little bit happens before that. True. Right. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, when Ammon had heard this, the voice of the Lord, he said unto Lomoni, Behold, my brothers, uh, my brother and brethren are in prison in Madonai, and I go that I may deliver them. Now Lamoni said, I know in the strength of the Lord thou canst do all things, but behold, I will go with thee to the land of Modoni. For the king of the land, whose name is Antiomno, is a friend unto me. Therefore I go to the land of Modoni, that I may flatter the king of the land, and he will cast thy brethren out of prison. So just before we get to that, the last sentence here of this verse, it's interesting that still Lamoni, his faith is very strong, mm -hmm. but he doesn't let everything go to faith, right? He sees an opportunity for him to be an instrument in the hands of the Lord. Because it's one thing to have faith that, yes, the Lord can do all things. It's another to say the Lord can do all things and I am going to do my part. Yeah. Even if that means I have to put myself in an uncomfortable situation, which I don't think King Lamont, I thought this would be uncomfortable, but I, I feel like it probably could have been like, I mean, yes, he's a friend, right. but sometimes it's the hardest to share things with your friends or to, to, you know, I don't know. You, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think he was excited to help. Mm -hmm. He's like, Hey, yeah, yeah, he's my friend. And then uh, he might have said that. And then on the way there thinking, oh, no, what if Antiomno <laughs> is not going to receive this? You know, then the doubt kind of might have settled sure. in. We don't know that, but I could imagine that would happen. <laughs> a but, little bit. but all these things are expedient, right? Right. Well, and, yeah. And that's what I was going to say here. Here's divine design right here. Ammon gets direction from the Lord. And then Ammon tells Lamoni, like, let's go here first and... Ammon no just happens to know the king of or the Lamoni happens to know. Oh yes, sorry, my bad. Lamoni happens to know the king of Madonai. So anyway, just a little divine design there. But why don't you read that last question in verse four? After all of this faith that King Lamoni puts forth, you know, shows he still asks. He says, "Who told thee that thy brethren were in prison?" And it shows two things about Lamoni. First, that he's not he's not dumb, right? <laughs> he's not just going with the flow. Right. But he is still very faithful, like I said, right? He first he says, Hey, you know, let's let's go about it like this. I know the king over there, I'll help you. Oh, by the way, who told you that your brothers were in prison? Ammon replies, no one hath told me, save it be God. And he said unto me, go and deliver thy brethren, for they are in the prison in the land of Madonai. And I linked this back to 
first Nephi chapter four, verse six. And I was led by the spirit, not knowing beforehand the things which I should do. It was very reminiscent in some way. I don't know exactly. There were two, actually two scriptures that came to my mind when I read verse five. That was one. The other, which actually came to my mind first, was the um, the verse in the book of Moses, where Adam is asked by an angel, why are you offering sacrifice? And he says, I know not, save it be the Lord commanded me. Hmm. It just shows an incredible amount of faith. Um, and it uses the same terminology, or like kind of the same language here. No one hath told me, save it be God. But also, I feel that there's also a little bit of First Nephi 4.6 where it's like, man, the Lord commanded that I go to Madonai and I don't even know. I didn't know that you knew the king over there. I don't know anything. I'm just going to go because the Lord has commanded me that I should go. Yeah. And what's interesting is he knows that he's going to deliver them from prison. Because the Lord said to, you know what I mean? Right. So he has some confidence, a little bit of guidance or confidence in the Lord walking in to Modonai. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but um, he can take a little bit of faith in that and that promise or calling, right, to go to Modonai. And that reminds me again of Nephi saying the Lord is, gives no commandment save I'm able to accomplish what he's commanded right mm -hmm. ammon understands that too yep and so lamoni's response to this is he gets his servants and his horses ready in his chariots no second questions yeah he's just like let's go <laughs> so he definitely has a testimony and so um yeah he says i will plead with the king that he will cast thy brethren out of prison so he's got a he's got a helper here which is nice because he's been alone, right? That's true. Ammon was was solo. Yeah. So anyway, they go down um, to meet. Oh, wait, no. And well, it came. They were en route to Madonai, yeah. obviously. Right. Because the Lord commanded it. And here's what's crazy is that en route, uh, Ammon and Lamoni were journeying thither, it says, they met the father of Lamoni, who was the king over all the land. Mm -hmm. So Lamoni, his desires were um, were granted. Yeah. But in a way that no one could have expected. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. And, and anyway, it's cool to study the Book of Mormon if you're looking for desires there because they're all over. Um, so anyway, yeah, they meet the king on the way down there. And his father, the father of Lamoni, asked a question to his son, I'm assuming. I actually don't know, but I'm assuming it is. And it says, why did he not come to the feast on that great day when I made a feast unto my sons and unto my people? And then he also says, whither art thou going with this Nephite, who's one of the children of a liar? <laughs> so he's basically being like, Lamoni, what's up? Why didn't you come? to this grand feast they had, which I don't really know much about this feast. Um, and then he's like, and then he notices he's with a Nephite. So he's like, why are you with a Nephite? Um, and so this is very interesting. It's interesting here. Yeah, we know 
earlier, I believe in chapter 18, there was a feast. And that was actually Ammon was preparing the chariots. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it was, it was the feast, you know, held by the king over the land, which kind of makes me wonder, why did they have to make ready the chariots again? In verse six, he caused that his servants should make ready his horses and his chariots. Hmm. I thought they were already ready. Now, obviously, oh, of course, days have gone by. Days have, have passed with Lamoni and his wife and Ammon all, you know, tuckered out by the spirit so obviously they had to okay yeah but i just thought that was funny that's a just a side note here that's a really good study tip what kevin just did ask a question while you're reading and then most of the time if you continue reading you'll either find the answer or you'll be prompted by the spirit or reminded of things right so anyway just a cool study tip um okay Where were we? Verse 11. Mm -hmm. So Lamoni tells them where they're going. um, And it says, for he feared to offend him. And he also told him the cause of the tarrying in his own kingdom, that he did not go unto his father to the feast which he had prepared. So I'm assuming that right now in verse 13, here he's going, rehearsing all the things that had happened Mm -hmm. as to why he wasn't there. And his father's reaction, I mean, he's angry. (laughs) It says his father was angry with him and said, Lamanai, thou art going to deliver these Nephites who are sons of a liar. Behold, he robbed our fathers and now his children are also come amongst us that they may, by their cunning and their lies, deceive us that they may rob us of our property. So he's not happy. (laughs) What's, What's really interesting pulling on that thread that we started last week mm. in the last episode this astonishment it describes lamoni as being astonished when his father responded so angrily now <clears throat> if you remember my thoughts on the word astonish in the scriptures are kind of like the spirit is witnessing unto you of of the truth of something or of a a principle that's being taught by the 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 setting the circumstances but why would this be a moment of astonishment for lamoni in fact it would be kind of it would be easy to be discouraged i feel like it might be a better word to use and i thought about that and i i put that Lamoni was moved upon by the spirit rather than the words of his father. So because Lamoni is exercising so much faith and he's, he's getting so good at receiving personal revelation, he's not compelled by these words of his father. And he has now successfully resisted the power of traditions of his actual father and remained faithful to the gospel values he has learned. So, you know, and again, astonishment will come up again in a very similar way, but that's what I wanted to kind of draw the thread, connect the dots here, that Lamoni 
even in this moment of adversity, is still being taught by the Spirit. And if you if you listen closely in those moments of your own adversity, you can you don't have to succumb to people's you know their opinions or things like that. So I appreciate that. I like I like. I like the thread of the astonishment that you're pulling here. I really do. It reminds me of my desires thread I have going here. So back to the storyline. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, the father of Lamoni, he commands that Lamoni should slay Ammon with the sword. Yeah. And, and, and not go to Midoni. Right. But that should, he should return with him to the land of Ishmael and Lamoni counters saying, I will not slay Ammon. Neither will I return to the land of Ishmael, but I go to the land of Madoni that I may release the brethren of Ammon. For I know that they are just men and holy prophets of the true God. (laughs) And, And what's crazy is that like you're seeing in, in real time, Lamoni, his heart being changed, his desire to do evil is no longer. This is the guy who killed his servants mm-hmm. because they lost track of his flocks. <laughs> right. This is this is a a historically um, violent man, and now his desire to do violence and do evil is completely gone because of Jesus Christ, the gospel truths that he's learned. Yeah, and now it's because he knows the truth, he wants to help, right? It's uh, It's been kind of flipped. And it's got to take a lot of strength. The way I kind of imagine this a little bit is you hear those conversion stories of people who convert and are baptized, and their families have been in a, in a certain faith for so long, Um and they're the one child or whatever it is. They're the one person in their family who decides to become a member of the church and they receive kind of this adversity back from their family. You know, like, why are you doing this? And it takes a lot to say that to your family, um, especially when your father's the king over all the land, right? Like, that's pretty, pretty intimidating. The, the plot thickens when we learn later that apparently, you know, from what Ammon says, there's been some unrighteous dominion on the part of King Lamoni's father, where, you know, because he's the king over all of the land and he has subordinate kings, he kind of meddles in their affairs and restricts them in certain ways. But we'll get to that later. But when you when you see the the backstory unfold this becomes even more of a empowering story mm-hmm. of how the gospel is not only, not only did King Lamoni's people gain knowledge of salvation, which is, which is unfathomable to us. Like to those of us who have lived in a Judeo Christian society, the concept of salvation, the concept of a God who loves us, well, we just take it for granted. Right. But for a society that only knows loosely of a great spirit who is largely vindictive, right, not loving, 
but to find out that there is a loving God, he's actually your literal father and that he's done so much for you that you have this loving, you know, brother God who has, you know, atoned for your sins. It, it just changes everything, which I think is, is the reason that Lamoni is so successful in kind of dodging these attacks, these verbal attacks of his father, because the truth is so much more amazing than the lies of the traditions that he's been taught. One brings a lot of hope. The other brings misery and discouragement. We're never going to get ahead because of the Nephites. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I digress. Actually, I don't digress, but I'm talking too much. So I'll turn the time back over to Sean. <laughs> well, King Lamone's father, after he bears this testimony to him that he's not going to do that, he's not going to slay Ammon, he's not going to turn around and go back. Um, his dad is very angry with him. And he actually draws his sword that he might smite his own son to the earth. Okay, so he's so angry and caught up in this belief system, I guess you would say, that he's drawing a sword on his own son. And this is where Ammon comes in. And he steps, it says, but Ammon stood forth and said unto him, Behold, thou shalt not slay thy son. Nevertheless, it were better that he should fall than thee. Uh, for behold, he has repented of his sins. But if thou shouldest fall at this time in thine anger, thy soul could not be saved. So he's like, basically the way I see it in, in plain terms here, I can translate, is Ammon sees he's about to kill, or Ammon sees that King Lamoni's father is about to kill his own son. And he steps forth and he's like, no, 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 you're not going to kill him. And by the way, it's actually better that he would fall over you because you haven't repented of your sins. So we start to like get some teachings in here just a little bit. This account is instructive because you see how King Lamoni, who has converted unto the Lord, his reactions or his response to um, to adversity is this astonishment, right? And yet his father's response is anger. Mm -hmm. And the, again, the use of violence. Yeah. Which is... Probably he's all, all he's ever known. Yeah. That's a good point. It is all he's ever known. So this is why I say there's some teachings being lingered in here by Ammon already. Just from that one, as far as we know, this is the first time Ammon's talked to. Uh, <laughs> right. <you know. laughs> oh, that, that's also instructive, right? Where yeah. if you are in this situation but you're not the father or the son or a family member. Yeah. You may want to lay like lay off for a minute, observe mm -hmm. and then act quickly when you see that that you that it's necessary. Yeah, cuz there's definitely a need, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> he's he's a... about to go down. Um <laughs> He's about to go down. I like that. Well, yeah, that's what the anger caused him to do. Um, in verse 18, he goes, 
It's basically the same yeah, it's, sentiment. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. He's just saying you don't want to do that, basically. Right. I mean, Cause because... Because he, he's innocent. Right. This this innocent soul mm-hmm. that you would be slaying, the, the blood will cry against you from the earth, right? Um, and then in verse 19, King Lamoni's father... Again, it's funny that we don't ever know his name, right? Yeah. Um, he says, he actually says, you know what? You're right. It's actually your fault that my son has gone astray. So I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And he stretches forth his hand to slay Ammon. But Ammon withstood his blows and also smote his arm that he could not use it. He's good at that. Yeah. Right? He's had some practice. <laughs> But yeah, we know that Ammon can't be, uh, I don't want to say touched, but he's protected. He is protected, again, because of the, I'd say a covenant Mm -hmm. made between the Lord and his father, uh, King Mosiah. So, I wonder, I I didn't think about this until right now, but I wonder how King Lamoni felt watching that happen with Ammon, Mm. his friend smite his father's arm off probably some mixed feelings going on for king lamoni because like it's his dad but this is the truth that he knows and he also just saved his life so you know i would suggest if we can liken it unto our day because if uh, if you take the missionaries over to your dad's house and your dad pulls out a gun and is going to kill you because you've been talking to the missionaries and then the missionaries are like, whoa, 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 no, you can't do that. And then there, and then his dad's saying, actually, I'm going to just kill you missionaries. Right. Right. Very dramatic. Just nuts. Very unlikely. But But to liken it further to our day, I feel like, and what you said, where it's like, how, how would he respond to seeing his father do this? I think in some ways, when we see our family members doing things that we know are wrong and things that are just going to end up hurting them, right? It's going to cause them more sorrow and, and misery. We can't help. But just to think, man, if they had just, you know, follow the commandments, if they had just done this. But so, yeah, I think that's kind of how he's seeing this. You know, we have to put it into perspective. Um, I don't think King Lamoni is shocked necessarily, or I don't know if he's, I don't think he'd be upset with Ammon. It's kind of, again, kind of a culture. It's kind of the culture of the day Mm -hmm. that people engage in these duels. So instead, it's like seeing your mother or father who have been, you know, unfaithful or estranged from God making the same old mistakes, you know. Mm -hmm. But in this situation, there's hope because... He can be, uh, he, he is brought around, right? Right. 
so Ammon, obviously, well, that when the king sees that Ammon can't be slayed, he begins to plead with Ammon um, that he can't spare, or not that he can't spare, that he will spare his life because um, he sees the power that Ammon has. And so uh, and I'm in verse 22 here. It says, but Ammon raised his sword and said unto him, behold, I will smite thee, except that will grant unto me that my brethren may be cast out of prison. So he has a long-term vision here too. Remember, they're on the road to get his brethren out of prison. And this is king over all the land. So <laughs> might as well, right? Um, <laughs> and so it says in 23, Now the king, fearing he should lose his life, said, If that will spare me, I will grant unto thee whatsoever that will ask, even to half of the kingdom. So, I mean, he really wants to live. I mean... He's willing to give up half of his kingdom. Um, but Ammon makes some uh, conditions. Is that what you would say? Absolutely. Makes some conditions with the the king. Um, and so they are, let's, let's read them. They're in verse 24. If that will grant that my brethren may be cast out of prison, and also that Lamoni may retain his kingdom... And that ye be not displeased with him, but grant that ye may do according to his own desires and whatsoever thing he thinketh. Then will I spare thee. Otherwise, I will smite thee to the earth. So these are some pretty high conditions that Ammon's setting for him not to kill his father right there. So he's saying, I, I need them out of prison. Lamoni is going to go home. You're not going to be mad at him. He can do what he wants. And pretty much that's it. And I won't kill you. Right. So not a lot of leeway for King King Lamoni's father right here. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an ultimatum. Yeah. But but here's what's interesting is that King Lamoni's father, this is all being done initially out of fear. Fear that he should lose his life. Right. Um it also says in verse twenty four before he, he lays out the conditions. It says, when Ammon saw that he had wrought upon the king, the old king, according to his desire, he said unto him, and then he gives the, the conditions. So Ammon, he knew what he was doing. He, he took advantage of the situation to be a force for good. But Ammon doesn't necessarily take the time to try and convert the king. He's not saying it, there's no condition of repentance necessarily. Um, he has to change the way that he treats his son, but there's no, there's no great spiritual demand. Yeah. Right. And I think that's interesting, especially since for those of us who have read forward in the book of Mormon, it's interesting that, I, I just think that Ammon knows what's going to come from this. I think he he knows what needs to happen now. He's not kind of like um, running faster than he has strength. Preparation. <laughs> yes, this is a this is a preparation for Lamoni's father. Yeah. So Ammon, at this point, Ammon. Okay, 
sorry, y'all, I'm pregnancy brain. Ammon says these words, and then the king obviously accepts because he doesn't want to die. So, yes, he says yes. And um, when Ammon sees that he has no desire to destroy him, I'm literally just reading the scriptures, which is because they say it better than I do. Um, he also sees the great love that he had for his son, Lamoni. The king is seeing this because he really did care about his son, right? Like he brought it up in the conditions and it says he was astonished exceedingly. Do you have any thoughts on that? Cause well, yeah, astonished. Yeah. I mean, this, this goes back to the, this is the Holy ghost witnessing unto the old King mm -hmm. because again, Ammon did not put in his conditions that uh, Lamoni had to, you know, believe in Jesus Christ. He, he wasn't compelling him to, right. you know, to convert or anything like that. But it was the example. Again, Ammon is just this, per this wonderful example to those around him. And so um, the old king, he says, he sees that, hey, Ammon doesn't want to kill me. Because if he wanted to, I'd be dead right now. He, he wouldn't have stayed his hand. He would have just done it. Right. And then furthermore, he's setting these conditions that, yes, he wants his brethren out of prison. But he also puts in there something that will help my son. Mm -hmm. So he can't be what mm -hmm. I've been taught, which is that the Nephites are liars, you know, children of liars, and that they just want our property. Right. Right. So he becomes astonished. The wheels start turning. And it says um, that he says, because this is all that thou hast desired, um, that I would release thy brethren, suffer that my son Lamoni should retain his kingdom. Behold, I, I will grant unto you that my son may retain his kingdom from this time and forever, and I will govern him no more. And... I also just wanted to link one thing here um, from my notes in, in verse 26. I had said in not so many words, Ammon challenges the, the Lamanite king's perceptions about Nephites, right? And then I linked it to Alma 17, verses 23 and 24. And Ammon said unto him, Yea, I desire to dwell among this people for a time, yea, and perhaps until the day I die, right? This is when Ammon first comes into the land of Ishmael. He's mm -hmm. taken and bound. And Lamoni asks, hey, what are you, what are you doing here? Right? Right. He says, hey, I, I want to dwell among this people, maybe forever. And then Lamoni offers him one of his daughters to wife. Yeah. And Ammon challenges he challenged his perception of who the nephites were by refusing that right and instead taking a servant a servant position in his household so i'm just gonna say ammon knew and knows what is up <laughs> because if he had acted according to his own desire and his own will and not heavenly father and jesus christ's will and desire which is that these people be saved and, and be elevated spiritually he could have just stopped it let my let my brothers out of prison 
he could have stopped with Lamoni at, yeah, I'll take, I'll take one of your daughters to wife. He could have even been led to believe that that was the best way to influence the society. Well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of the family, right? And I'll be like this prince among them. And I bet I'll be able to influence them greatly. But that's, that's thinking very like much like the natural man, right? Instead, we're supposed to be humble. So I do digress now. (laughs) So um, also in continuation, because this was King Lamone talking, um, well, his father talking. He also says that he's going to let the brethren be cast out of prison. Um, and he also says, where is it? And thy brethren may come unto me in my kingdom for I shall greatly desire to see thee. Hmm. And then once again, it says for the king was greatly astonished at the words which he had spoken. (laughs) And also at the words which had been spoken by his son, Lamoni. Therefore he was desirous to learn them. So as I said earlier, I, I commented, I was like, the wheels are starting to turn there's that desire starting to begin. Um, he want, he wants them to be out of prison and then, Hey, come into my kingdom, you know, come over and see me. Cause I, I'm kind of desirous to know what y'all are talking about. <laughs> right. And I think that's pretty cool. So now we get to see his father's desires coming into play here. Yeah. And his conversion, right? Yeah. Yeah. The beginning. These are the beginning little parts of it. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, at that point, um, all is well. <laughs> no more contention with his father. And Ammon and Lamoni are continuing to journey forward to Midoni. And it says Lamoni found favor in the eyes of the king of the land. Therefore, the brethren of Ammon were brought forth out of prison. So Lamoni's friendship does influence the Ammon's brethren getting out of prison. Yeah, it went exactly according to plan. Yep, which is good, right? That's what they wanted. They just had a little hiccup on the way. (laughs) Which was a divine coincidence. Yes, divine design. Yeah, or coincidence. And, excuse me, so Ammon, um, when they're brought forth out of the prison, Ammon is sorrowful because he sees the condition that his brethren are in. And it's not a pretty one. They, they're actually, they're naked. Um, they were bound with super strong cords. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They've suffered all types of afflictions. And, but I love the, the last verse in 29. It says, nevertheless, they were patient in all their sufferings. So um, I'm just, I, I imagine how Ammon must have felt seeing his brethren and how his brethren must have felt seeing him, you know, that they were, he was an answer to their purse for sure. Um, and it, and 30, I think you might have some thoughts on this, Kevin, but we can go back if you have other thoughts too. But it says it was, and as it had happened, it was their lot to have fallen into the hands of a more hardened and more stiff necked people. So they're talking about the brethren that had just been in prison And unfortunately, we see that Ammon had success, obviously, with King Lamoni and even the beginnings with King Lamoni's father. But it was 
the lot, it was expedient, I would say, for these brethren to have the experience they did in the land of Medoni because they were just a more stiff-necked people. And that's just what it was. And so um, it's just interesting to think about we all have our own trials that we go through and we're all put in certain places at certain times, divinely designed, um, and some are better than others, right? But it doesn't mean that you're less than Ammon, you know? It doesn't, you all have the same value and the same purpose and all the things. Yeah, you know, I really appreciate you saying that because it's not that um, the brethren of Ammon were less it's not that they weren't good missionaries right it's not that they were watching tv and uh you know doing all the things that missionaries aren't supposed to do in our day it wasn't that they aren't they weren't valiant it was it says as it happened it was their lot Mm mm-hmm to fall into the hands of a more stiff-necked people. You know, their decision to go among the people in Madonai was just as divinely inspired as Ammon's decision to go among the people in the land of Ishmael. And it would be so easy. I'm going to share a story that, that I think reflects this well. Yesterday, I was driving up to the temple to work as I do on Saturday evening. Um, and I decide to go a equally expedient route. I could go one way using tolls or one way using no tolls. And they were the same amount of time, 37 minutes, both ways. <laughs> well, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to save a little bit of money, right? Right. We have a baby coming you know, all these things. So I take the no tolls road and I go and on that highway, there's some debris in the road and I actually run over the debris. Another car ahead of me does too. And we're just kind of like, we don't really have time to get out of the way. It's all over the road. And it didn't look like it was like a huge deal. Anyway, I get to the temple. I have a shorter than normal shift at the temple. I get out earlier than usual. And then when I go out to my car, I see that I have a low tire pressure warning. This is after a shift in the temple. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to myself, well, it could be the weather. It could be anything. I don't really even connect it to the debris. I go, I check the tire pressure at a nearby gas station, and it's like 14 PSI. It's really low. (laughs) I air it up. And I'm thinking, like, what happened? I must have hit. And then I'm like, oh, I hit that, like, wood (laughs) in the road. Yeah. And so I'm starting to think about it. And you could say, you could ask yourself, well, he was trying to save money for for his newborn baby that's going to come. He was driving to the temple, for goodness sake. (laughs) He's a covenant-keeping tithe-paying member of the Lord's church, why did this happen to him? Right. And it's just my lot. (laughs) It just was what happened. (laughs) It's so funny you bring that up because I was on the phone with my mom. You called me 
uh, when you left the temple and I told you, hey, I'm talking to my mom, I'll call you, you know, when we're done. And uh, obviously Kevin was almost home by the time that <laughs> that I was still talking to my mother. And, uh, but he, Kevin called a second time and I thought, okay, I should get this real quick. So I told my mom, like, hold on, let me get this. So I get the phone and Kevin explains to me that something's going on with the tire. He's super close to the house. Like he's over at the O'Reilly is just getting like a tire pump thing and just explaining what happened. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, he's just updating me because I did wonder what was kind of taking them so long. Um, and then I jumped back on the phone with my mom and I was like, well, something's wrong with Kevin's tire. And then my mom, my mom's immediate response, I didn't tell you this, but she goes and shout out to my mom, but she's like, and he was serving in the temple tonight. You know, like that's where her thoughts kind of went. Like, why'd that happen? Because he was serving in the temple. And I was like, yeah, it just is what it is. And we've had some car issues come up a lot lately. So this wasn't the first car issue we've had in the past two weeks of our lives. So it's kind of been compounding. And so it was just very interesting because my mom, my mom did say that she was like, and he was serving in the temple. I don't think she meant it in a bad way no. or anything, but it was just funny because that's exactly where her thoughts went. And it, and I'm not saying that it's like, it's, uh, it's wrong to no. think that it's, it, it, it's natural. It's, it's natural and yeah. it's fair, right? That is a fair thing to bring up. Right. But also important to what's the word? Uh, well, to acknowledge the Lord's hand in all things, there's a reason that mm -hmm. that happened. There's and That's and true. it's not so cut and dry, black and white. Like, oh, I I had to I went kind of out of my way to go and find a place that I knew would have a tire pressure, uh, an air pump or whatever. Um, but if I had just said to myself, oh, it's probably the weather or whatever. Um, and gotten back on the highway, I would have been driving and I would have gotten home. And at that point it would have been a flat tire and it could have busted. They could have damaged the car. I could have, you know, had yeah. an accident. <clears throat> it, you know, th there were a lot of nevertheless, right. Notwithstanding my affliction, notwithstanding my hardship, the Lord still impressed upon me that it was serious enough to take action. Mm -hmm. So, I appreciate the Lord's, you know, constant, the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost um, that I am entitled to. And that's the thing is sometimes it's your lot. It's just your lot to bear. It's your cross to bear. But that doesn't mean Heavenly Father is going to leave you alone. You know, he he inspired you. He helped you through it. And who knows? I mean, the perfect example is when the car battery died in my car. And then we had to get the tools to be able to get the battery out. And then like, what, four days later, your car battery goes out, but we had already bought the tools. So like it was expedient. Yeah. So anyway, the, it's just, we're really relating this to our day, aren't we? But we are going to have lots we have to bear just because that is what it is. It doesn't mean you're a horrible person, but remember that Heavenly Father's hand is in it. There is a divine design there and he will come through. And that is how um, Ammon's brethren were able to be patient in all their sufferings. Mm -hmm. If they had gotten to Madoni and been, as it says here in the last verse, in verse 30, 
um, they were confronted by people who would not hearken unto their words. They cast them out. They'd smitten them, had driven them from house to house and from place to place, um, even until they arrived in the land of Modoni. So I guess this isn't even the first stop. They've, they've had several other places that also were a stiff-necked people that, that, you know, were, were, um, not responsive, right? Not (laughs) to say the least. Right. Um, and there they were taken and cast into prison, bound with strong cords and kept in prison for many days. So those are the things that they were able to forbear as it says in the scriptures and, and be patient because they understood, you know, this is, there's something, there's something going on here that we don't understand. Um, our, our perspective is limited, but it will be okay. And man, if the Lord wasn't working overtime to prepare a way to deliver them, yeah, right? Ammon going and finding Lamoni and all of these miracles happening in the land of Ishmael. And then, (laughs) you know, all of these things had to line up. But if you were stuck mentally in the prison at Madonai and not open to the Lord's hand that is at work in the land of Ishmael, then you will be discouraged. Your faith will, will be damaged. And... And you, you won't see you won't see it as your lot uh, temporarily. You'll just see it as your lot indefinitely. You know, nobody's nobody's looking out for me. That's just not true. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, next week we're gonna dive into Alma chapter twenty-one, and we're actually gonna learn about Aaron and Mulekai, right? That's how you say his name. And Amma. And Amma um their story we're gonna learn all about them how they got to where they were in that prison basically so and it's four chapters yeah 21 through 25 well well the stories compromise throughout 21 through 25 but we're not going to go over all four at the same time well yeah but i was going to say only the first half of the chapter really uh, is devoted to how they got to madonai the rest of it is uh king lamoni's father going to them and wanting to be taught by them. Hmm. So we're going to get some more missionary lessons. True. Next week. Which is exciting. And uh, we're just going to give you a heads up now. We're going to try to get ahead on recording um, because we are expecting a baby in a week. (laughs) So we're going to try to get ahead on recording. Um, But if there's a Sunday that an episode doesn't come out, you could probably safely assume that we had a child. this far that's how you'll know we probably had our kid if if there's an episode next sunday um it's a we got ahead or b the kid's not here yet so yep there you go if there's no episode we had a kid (laughs) but anyway that's all that we got for you don't hesitate to reach out we love when people reach out so please do facebook or instagram christ center conversations book more and podcast so We will see you all next week. Thanks, y'all.